Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you by Cheez-It and Pringles. Hey, Hoops fans, do you want to play in a game with some of today's biggest stars? With Charles Barkley or Shaq as your coach, Pringles and Cheez-Its are bringing you that chance with the Celebrity Crunch Classic, all for the win sweepstakes. All you have to do is go vote for Team Cheez-It or Pringles at CelebrityCrunchClassic.com slash OSP. Visit the site for more details, Pringles versus Cheez-It. Pick a side, stock up, and go for the win. No purchase necessary. We are also brought to you by Pluto Pillow. Are you tired of sleeping on the wrong pillow? It has never been easier to get a custom pillow built for you with Pluto. Pluto creates pillows built for, to your body stats, how you sleep, and what you like. And each pillow is built to order. Go to PlutoPillow.com. That's P-L-U-T-O to answer a quick questionnaire and receive a pillow hand-built for you. You'll have 100 nights to test your pillow in the comfort of your own bed, or you can bring it like I did to uh, Minnesota with you. Mm -hmm. I have a Pluto pillow. I brought it to Minneapolis. I'm sleeping on it. It is fantastic. Enter code one shining for $10 off and go get your Pluto pillow today. As I just said, we are in Minneapolis. We are on the scene boots on the ground. Uh, we, we have, first of all, Tate, mm -hmm. we are judging the dunk contest. Let's start there. Um, it happened. Fifth yeah. judges. We weren't considered, you know, judges a part of the uh, the main discourse, but we're happy to be a part of something. It has been an eventful. Thank last, you, great clips. Yeah, a, an eventful last few days for us. We found out we are judging the dunk contest. We have no. We're about to find out here in a second what that actually entails because I have a feeling they're going to. Uh, I don't know. They're, they're gonna. They're gonna find a way. The, the fact that it's like all Timberwolves players, and I think Dalvin Cook's doing it too for mm -hmm. the Vikings. And Derek the Rose is doing it. Yeah, the like, youngest MVP in the like, NBA. Um. Anyway, if you're listening to this, we're we're gonna try to put this out Thursday, uh, relatively early in the in the day. So, um, if you're listening to this as soon as it comes out, ESPN tonight, Thursday night at nine Eastern, I believe. Uh, your boys will be wearing tuxedos on national television. What exactly we're going to be doing? I'm not sure. But they did give us the okay. We are slam dunk judges. So we don't have microphones. We don't think we're not going to be able to talk to any of the people that are actually what if they, doing the actual broadcast. What if they like escort us out? They announce us. They're like, your judges, Titus and Tate, we come out, we're like waving, and then they just keep escorting us. And, and we, we just, just keep, keep walking, walking out. Yeah. And just In and out. Yeah. The Simpsons. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> that, that's plausible. We have no idea. We're, gonna, we're all going to find out together. That's part of the fun. If you're watching uh, at home, you get to see what we're going to do. We actually don't know what we're going to do, so uh, we're all in it together. We have Ho a meeting in a couple hours. We'll hopefully, see what we're do. Hopefully yeah. we will actually judge, but that is something that's going on. Uh, we also talked to John Rothstein. That happened, Tate. We interviewed him. We went to his hotel room last night. That is going to be the bulk of today's show. Um, this was an interview that I had circled. I, I said this in the interview that like when we started the podcast and I was making a list of people I wanted to have on, I think he was number one at the top um, because this man – I've known about John Rothstein for a while. I'm not saying I'm the reason he has a career. I'm just saying, you know, for being honest, I was one of the first few people that noticed this robot and was like, hey, does everyone realize that this guy, everyone that loves Darren Rovell's Twitter account, it's like, dude, this guy is so much better than Darren Rovell. He's hysterical. Um, he's a robot. But then I became fascinated with him, and I was like, what? what is, is there a man behind this robot? What? What's going on there? Uh, we did it. We we sat down. He 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 made us go to his hotel room to talk to him because he said he he wanted to be on call in case any news broke, which was so perfect. Um, so that's what we did. We went last night. We talked to him for about forty five minutes. Uh, we're going to play that. We're going to play that interview. Um, we are going to get to that. We're going to talk a little bit about coaching changes that are happening around the country and give our our final four thoughts. We'll get to all of it. But first, it's still really cold in Minnesota. <laughs> he takes the time. 
All right, we are in Minnesota. It's 39 degrees, according to my watch. Um, warmer than it was last time we were here, Tate. You're still sick. 100 You're degrees still, warmer, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah. The but, polar vortex came to win. I had the worst experience of my life being here in Minnesota. I had the flu uh, as I flew back. Yeah. I, I, I shed a single tear as I, as I was on that plane, and I, <laughs> and I vowed to myself, one, I will never come back to Minnesota. And, and now so, you're back in Minnesota. And now I'm back in Minnesota. I am sick again. Mm-hmm. My back is not in a great place. <laughs> and I sit here and I say to you, what am I doing? Why am I here? And when can I leave? Other than that, it's but been other a than that, very trip. excited for the final four. Going to um, be a lot of fun. No blue bloods, but a lot of big storylines. Speaking of storylines, we'll talk about the final four in a second. But uh, Buzz Williams, I think, is the big story not in the final four right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if we take out everything going on in the final four, the big story seems to be Buzz Williams leaving Virginia Tech for Texas A and M. Um, a story that has somehow been expected, in the ether for, I mean, since January. I mean, even before yeah. the season started, people were saying that Buzz wasn't happy with Virginia Tech. Right. He was trying to find an, a new place to well, go. But a lot of times, like, we've never seen a story like this because usually it's like an alma mater hire. Like, a guy's going to go back to his alma mater, you know? But hold on. Can I stop you there? Because I love the alma mater hire because, like, didn't he actually go to Texas A&M, like, like uh freaking kingsville or something like some tiny ass podunk town like, i don't know he always does the junior college thing yeah, like, it, I, like i went to a junior college so that's not what you know it, that, that that's how i grew uh, up coaching yeah, yeah, yeah it's like it's like going to iu richmond and then pretending that you went to iu bloomington and uh i think i think he's laying on the alma mater thing thick but um i'm just fascinated by him because him going to from marquette to virginia tech was kind of strange to me at the time mm-hmm. him going to virginia tech to texas a&m is strange in the sense that like if you actually look at the money and like where he's from all that sort of stuff makes sense i understand that i'm just saying like in terms of the prestige of the programs um some would say it's a lateral move yeah like he had a good thing going at marquette they mm-hmm. went to the elite eight uh they lost to Syracuse that year and then i think he came back one more year and then just bounced and you're like whoa that's that kind of came out of nowhere same sort of thing here that they had a really good team, had a really built a really good program at Virginia Tech and bounces, and you're just kind of wondering what's going on in this guy's mind. And then um, I wonder if it's this take because I I talked to, when I when Thad Mata got fired, um, I, I when I wrote an article about how he got fired, I put the quote that he told me in there that Lou Holtz once told him to never stay at a program for more than seven years because the longer you stay there, the more you fall in love with the place and the more they fall out of love with you. Now, I don't think that was happening at Virginia Tech. They love Buzz Williams. But I wonder if, like, that is, like, embedded in his brain where he's just like, I always got to I always gotta leave when I'm at my peak mm-hmm. because as soon as you start to have the downturn, the fan base will turn on you. And I'm You're just saying he's afraid out. to get hurt. He's afraid to get hurt, yeah. He, like, he wants yeah. to be the one that hurts other people. Yes. Yeah, yes. I, can, I can really relate to that. <laughs> my, my goodness. Boy, yeah. <laughs> who knew that me and Buzz Williams <laughs> so much in common? I think that's. I think there's like something, or maybe there's. Maybe there's not. Maybe I'm. I'm. I'm doing armchair psychology here, and the, the there's not that. But like, I don't know. It's just fascinating. That was the runner-up name to this podcast. Yeah, armchair. Ar- armchair psychology on college basketball. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just uh, like like he Texas A&M is not a bad job. They're paying him a shit ton of money. Mm. He's getting like over three million a year, I think. Um, and three and they, a half. I yeah, believe. he's yeah. from he's from Texas. It makes a lot of sense, but uh. In that regard, it just is. Uh, I don't know. I, I I'll just put it this way: if in five or six years Buzz Williams starts eyeballing other jobs, I will not be surprised. I think the interesting thing to me too is that you know we even heard last night just walking around. We were going to Rothstein's place, so we, we had a Syracuse alum or a fan of Syracuse say, "Man, I wish we could have gotten Buzz after Bayheim." Yeah, you know, like the the way that he is perceived in the college basketball circles because he gets out before. 
So everybody wants him. Yeah, you know everybody I mean? wants He's him. desirable yeah. across the board, and I think that is one thing where, I mean, I even mentioned Virginia Tech fans were all tweeting at Buzz, thank you so much. We love what you did for this pro. There was no animosity right. because they were still in the honeymoon stage. Right. He's it's a, a beautiful thing. It's it's genius. That man will never get fired. That's one thing. He's I'm the heartbreak about. kid of college basketball. Yeah, yeah. He will never get fired. Um, yeah, the SEC is interesting though now. Adding, I mean, it's been interesting. It's just the the coaching lineups they have, the 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 coaches that they're pulling in, especially Arkansas is still open. Mm-hmm. And uh a certain name is being floated around at Arkansas that, that you and I both know. Mark Titus? Yeah, ooh. Oh, there you go. Interesting. Yeah. No, um, no, Thad, Thad Mata. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that one. I want to have a segment on this podcast where we just Thad mention, mention, mention places that are open and say, should Thad go there? Should Thad go? We'll do that in the offseason, dude. We'll need something to talk about. Uh, one of the well, the place we want Thad to go is UCLA, and um, that doesn't feel like it's going to happen because it feels like that job is going to Jamie Dixon, but is it? Exactly. We have this a big buyout weird. situation. Basically, UCLA, yeah. they're one. the one thing that's holding them back, apparently, is that they don't want to pay a lot of money, right? right? And turns out TCU has an $8 million buyout, which, in case you haven't heard, is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's a lot <laughs> so of money. to get Jamie Dixon, they would have to pay that $8 million buyout, because I'm sure TCU's not just going to let them go scat-free. That seems to be what everyone, everyone here in Minnesota that we're talking to, and by everyone I mean just like – all the people we're bumping into that are actually sourced and we are clearly not sourced. So we're just asking them what they know. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the story is that UCLA, they want to hire Jamie Dixon. Obviously he's from LA. Um, TCU does not want to get rid of Jamie Dixon. He is uh, a TCU alum who uh, has, I would, I wouldn't even say brought that program back from the dead because it was never alive to die in the first place. He just created the program basically from scratch. Um, and I say this as a diehard TCU fan, by mm-hmm. the way, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm allowed to kind of make those hard decided. Um, but but the 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 situation seems to be UCLA is like TCU. We don't want to pay you that much. Would you please reconsider? And TCU just keeps saying no. We will not reconsider. And that's where the negotiations have reached a stalemate. And uh, it's interesting though because everyone's reporting like this is a done deal. We 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 asked Rostead about this. What's the difference between a done deal and um an official? Hire and all that kind of stuff. He but, said he doesn't do done deals. He doesn't do. Yeah, I only do specifics and I do signings. So that's gonna be fascinating because, like, if this falls through, if the Jamie Dixon thing falls through, uh, I don't know, man. What is what is UCLA gonna do? I don't understand. I don't understand why this is so hard to get used for UCLA to hire somebody. I don't know. I, but I, mean, I, I do kind of understand it because it's money, obviously. But like, what a weird fucking job. There's no job in college basketball like UCLA. There's no nowhere close to it where it's like it has all the prestige, but but yet. So many people don't want it, but at the same time, so many people do want it. You know how many coaches would like kill themselves for a chance to coach at UCLA, but then the ones that they want don't want it. It's just a very bizarre job. But I think the coaches that are willing to to fight fight over it think that UCLA is going to pay them what they expect a blue blood of that prestige right. to pay, and I think UCLA is past that, which is the craziest thing to me because UCLA. I mean, they haven't. I mean, ninety five, we all know, but they haven't truly mattered in the, in the blue blood since since. I mean, let's be honest, like 1975 at that level, really. Yeah, where they were, where, where they are truly in the game like that. So yeah. now it's a stepping stone job. So it's one of those things where you get a younger coach to come in, someone like a Will Wade when he was at VCU. You get someone like mm-hmm. that to come to UCLA and use it as a way to then get a Texas job, mm-hmm. which makes zero Dude. sense that now UCLA will be used <laughs> right. to get a job to coach Texas basketball. Right. Use Will Wade. Which shit, dude? Bring someone in like Will Wade who will 
will drop some bags and yes. just, just pull the the jurich at Louisville. Just like get get someone in there that's going to cheat for five years, get all the best players and elevate the program. Then you get fired. You take a one year postseason ban, whatever. Say we're sorry, but at that point you've already turned UCLA into the cool brand that everyone wants to be. At on the West Coast. The, I don't gra- know. the greatest Jeez April idea. Fool's prank I saw on Twitter was someone tweeted, Ben Hallen agrees in principle to return to UCLA. <laughs> and I really believed it because in my head I was like, that's it how far possible. they've gone down the yeah. list that they're like, why don't we just bring Hallen back? We went to the final four within yeah. three straight years. It that's actually, what we want to see. It actually is plausible for that to happen, which is a scary thought. I don't understand why they don't um, just, oh, I guess I do understand. I, Chris Beard seems to be the obvious hire mm-hmm. to me. But I think Chris Beard's saying, I'm going to wait for the Texas job, right. which is I'm going to wait for the big money. I'm going to wait for it's hilarious. <laughs> a prestigious job. Texas is a better job than UCLA. Um, but I don't know. The, why can't Chris Beard just take the UCLA? Like, is, we don't know when the Texas job is going to open. That's what's confusing about me. Is Chris Beard, this is a man who took the UNLV job for like three days. So why not just take the UCLA job for a year, and then if Texas opens, then you take the Texas job. I guess you risk like sucking at ucla and you lose all your momentum i don't know it's like it's playing for the it's like pride versus pennies at this point it's like am i going to go somewhere for the prestige of a ucla yeah. or am i going to go for the big contract and i think everybody knows where everyone's going to go did, and that's for the money did you see chris beard by the way uh was asked about um i think it was svp asked him uh about going to his first final four and he said um this isn't my first final four i've been to like 20 final fours except all the ones i went to before i was just drinking beer in the lobby at the hotel and now i'm actually coaching that's funny chris beers I like that. yeah you should you should use that you should talk about how you go into the final four yeah this is my yeah. fourth final four i've been to i've been to the final, I've been to four yeah. final fours yeah there you go <laughs> with the four final i'm christian later yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm christian later i've been to four final fours too um all right let's let's talk to john rostein because that's what everyone's listening for they saw it in the podcast description they saw us tweeting it out they want to hear uh us talking to the man the myth the robot the legend john rostein um, here it is. This is our interview. We, we again, to set the stage, went to his hotel room. He gave us the hotel room. He, he, he just solicited that information. He was like, please come up to my room. It was a little sketchy at first. We were a little worried. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it all worked out and he was a great guy and we had a lot of fun. And, uh, and he, we learned a lot. He ended up teaching us a lot of life lessons, which yeah, uh, did. we didn't quite expect from John Rothstein, but it, it was a great interview, great conversation. And, and here we go. All right, before we get to our interview with John Rothstein, a quick word from our good friends, Jesus and Mero. The all-new weekly late-night talk show that is available now on Showtime. Tune in to watch the Bronx Zone, Jesus Nice, and the Kid Mero bring their illustrious take on current events, politics, sports, and pop culture, all while talking spicy with the week's hottest celebrity guest, Quick-witted and fun, the duo will riff off the cuff and get the Twittersphere buzzing. New episodes of Jesus and Mero drop every Thursday at 11 p.m. Only on Showtime. Uh, we love these guys. Tommy Alter loves these guys. Um, all right, now here he is, John Rostin. All right, joining us from the, what is this, the governor's suite, his own governor's suite. We are in his hotel room here I don't know where we are right now, but it, it's no very idea. classy. Is very, a man very classy. Who, 
Um, I don't want to overhype this, but this is an interview that when we started the podcast, this was pretty much the only interview I had in mind. Mark Titus, when he wanted to do a college basketball yeah. podcast, he came to me and he said, I want to do this with John Rothstein, yes. but unfortunately he does not work at the ringer. So right. I guess I'll do it with you. Yeah. That was that was what happened. It is, we are we are talking to John Rothstein. Uh he yes. is he is not to bury world the famous for uh working at Sports Illustrated, working at CBS, college troops today. Where podcast. do you not work, Rothstein? What the ringer. You, okay. <laughs> there you go. So we won't plug that. I've got CBS SI and a podcast, but you know, I mean, time, you know, got to keep at it. Yeah, you are. We, you are the real college basketball podcast. You are, you are covering the ground, boots on the right. ground. Like, well, this is why you know every assistant in the country. This is why I wanted to get us together because I, I feel like the three of us have everything possibly covered you would ever want in college basketball. Like you, you have all the knowledge, all the connections, all the, the, uh, You're doing the all insight. The work. And then we have the dick jokes. Mm. And so if you, whatever you're into with college basketball, I feel like all three of us in this room, like we, we should team up. We could conquer college basketball. All we need what is we, Yahoo so we get yeah. the FBI <laughs> we stuff. Get the FBI and then we get stuff. it all. We're all covered. Um, all three all covered. All right. So uh, I want to start with this. Uh, I don't want to get into the Twitter stuff too much because I know you, you're already on part of my take. We I'll, can. That's, that's fair. I, I will never forgive those guys for, for scooping the interview with you, although it, it kind of makes sense because you're a scoops guy. So they scooped it. They knew that I wanted to talk to you. I'm friends with those guys. and they, they They're good people. It. Great people. Um, <laughs> But I do want to talk about this. So my favorite catchphrase of yours is, and here we go. Uh, right. you, you and I have talked about this. In fact, Several when, times. In fact, when you said, we set the interview up, he texted me. I was like, yeah, we're going to come by tonight and do the interview. And he's like, awesome. And here we go. Um, so my question is, I don't want to talk about the origins of it. I don't want to talk about anything but this. Uh, how do you hear that? in your mind like when you say and here we go because me and my buddy have talked about this a lot like we we dissect yeah. it is it and here we go or is it and here we go if you how, want the genesis of this this is what i'll tell you before i went to cbs and i was trying to pull together a broadcasting career i hosted a radio show mm -hmm. called the flex position and it was a fantasy football show mm -hmm. i was also at the time being an MSG college basketball insider for the MSG network. I was a college basketball insider for the MSG network, which is a regional television network in New York. And I hosted this fantasy football show. Mm -hmm. And one person who was a co-host was Robin Lundberg, who's now ironically enough, somebody I work with at sports illustrated who was, you know, on the show. And then there's another guy, Nick Stevens, who you might've heard of, you know, mm -hmm. comedian out of Boston and our open in our montage for the show was from The Dark Knight because it was right <laughs> after when The Dark Knight hit theaters. Circa 2008. Circa, Circa 2008. 2008. Yeah, and, it was, and here we go. And I just remembered after that, it was such a catchy start right. to a radio show. I mean, the truth is, we're going to break some news right here. The Dark Knight Rises, in my opinion, was much better. I mean, I have never went to a movie <laughs> and really had such low expectations because, let's face it, Bane was not really somebody in our childhood that we thought of so as a synonymous villain. So did you adopt villain. the dark or were you were born in it, right? That's the, yeah, that is what go. Dark Knight Rises. That's the question. For sure. You, then the accent's got to be better than that, though, Tate. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing a Bane accent right, right now. You know, come on. Yeah, come on, man. That's a lot of pressure. You're oh not Santa God. Monica's reckoning, though. <laughs> yeah. There you go. See, look. But I will say this. I had such low expectations in 2012 for The Dark Knight Rises that I don't think I've ever went to a movie where I was just like, I'm going to a movie to go to a movie. I was like, oh, my God, this is one of the best movies I've seen in the last 10 years. Uh -huh. Because we always grew up with Batman being an immortal. Mm -hmm. And he was definitely not the mortal in that movie. He was not. And I would say top seven to eight most goosebump-filled scenes that I've seen in theater when he made the jump out of the pit. Okay. It's impossible. <laughs> no, no, it's dishy, dishy, bossa, bossa, yes. dishy, dishy, bossa. I thought it was bossa. it's impossible. No, it's I, impossible. I, I, no, 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 it's dishy, dishy, bossa. It was um, 
It means rise, as a matter yes, of fact. Rise. Truth be told, I did not bring my keys and my Swiss Army knife, but I actually went to a place where I got a Swiss Army knife on the Upper East Side in New York and got rise ingrained in the back <laughs> just because I was so pu- pumped in- after that scene. It's a really good that movie. Is. I it's love Chris Nolan. Yeah. I'm it's glad that you love Chris Nolan, and I'm glad that you told that story. I feel like we're off to a great start. Well, I mean, seriously, I mean, you thought you were going to so, talk about college basketball. I'm talking about how you know <laughs> right, the Dark Knight Rises is one but of I, my. I feel like you didn't movies. answer my question, which was like when you. <laughs> so when you're tweeting, and here we go. How do you hear it and in your head? Here we go. Yes, that's yeah. how I hear it. Yeah. That's how I hear it too. That's yes. how the Joker said it. Yeah. Well, I know, but some people say it. Like I've had people talk to me about because, listen, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but uh, I've kind of made. I feel like I've helped make and here we go. Fan. I, I, you, 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 you've been fine on your own. You've done this no, is March, all this sort of stuff. You've been an By assist, way, bro. You've been Aaron. But like I, Aaron have, I have, I've helped you elevate and here we go. So people will bring it up to me. And sometimes when they say it, they say it wrong and they're like, and here we go. Or, you know, well, and so I want to, I just want to get it on record that the cadence is, and here we go. You got it. Yeah, You're locked in. That's it. Oh, speaking of this is March, you tried to get that trademark, right? I was not obviously aware of everything that went into a trademark, so maybe down the line, but nothing imminent, sources to say. That, <laughs> According to sources, it was a, the situation. That was um, that was pretty bold to try to get a free, like. The, I, I see where you're coming from, but at the same time, it's like no, because everybody's like, oh, well, you know, you got to like get into the t-shirt business. You have like all these phrases and stuff yeah, like that. Merch, but, yeah. but then you're like, that's a good idea. And then you're like. When, when you learn everything that has to go into stuff like that, you're like, you know, we might have to pump the brakes a bit. When, uh, Let's downshift from fourth to second. Mm-hmm. Do you, it, that reminded me of, uh, do you remember when Paris Hilton tried to uh, trademark, that's hot? She tried to, like, that was her phrase when she, you're, you're probably too young. She had the show where she, uh, she just The Simple said, Life. Yeah, yes, she was like, Richie, that's, that's hot. hot. Yeah, everyone yeah, and then that, she yeah. tried to get it trademarked, and everyone's like, how can you trademark a phrase that's hot? That's, I don't know. That was, that was I think she did, because yeah. she had Hilton money. That, then that's what you need, Rusty. Oh, oh speaking of, my buddy wanted me to ask you this. Why, uh... Here's a great idea for next year. Write this one down for next year. Uh, on April Fool's tweet, this is March. And then wait like five minutes to be like, That's more of your brand than my gotcha. brand. That's more your brand than my brand. Speaking of months, you obviously this is March. And then you tweeted today. As soon as he was saying that Rossi you know, is going to come on the pod, we're like, yes, you got to tweet it. You got to promote it, of course. And you said we sleep in May. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do we do in April? Well, in April we cover the final four because yeah. you know you know <laughs> okay. you you know right. you know how Twitter right okay. you know how Twitter is like if I just tweeted we sleep in April, people would have went ballistic. Oh, so you're not gonna watch the final four, Rothstein? Right, like right. through many years mm-hmm. of Twitter and navigating, you know, what is Twitter, you kind of learn how to work around stuff like that. You you mentioned something earlier that I found interesting. You, you were talking about growing up, and I I find that interesting because I think most people will just assume you just existed as a a robot in his 30s just immediately <laughs> that was like the first instance of john rostine existing in the world just this robot that tweets stuff um wh- where did you grow up did you grow up were you actually born up, and you, you grew up and, i grew up and in you a had suburb, a childhood and yeah stuff? a okay. suburb, suburb of new york okay so did you uh how did you get into college basketball like march 23rd 1991 okay oh boy. it was the national semifinals. it was duke against unlv yeah, unlv is on a 45 game winning streak uh-huh. mm-hmm. they are 34 and 0 going into the game and you know my mother and father love them to death have always had a blissful marriage they're going to be celebrating right now their 44th wedding anniversary wow. on May 25th. But on this night, my mother had made a plan. They may to, sleep in May. You know. <laughs> <laughs> they had made a plan to go to dinner with you know my mother's college roommate and her husband. And my dad was like, I'm not going. <laughs> and, nice. I, and he was just like, I'm not missing the Duke UNLV game. So I remember vividly that was like the first time that I had actually you know sat Watched the game, took it all in, and you got to remember, you know, this UNLV team 
hadn't lost right. in it's like a season and a third. Right, right. right. And I just yeah. remember, yeah, you know, they Leitner hit the free throws with 12 seconds left. Duke wins 79-77, goes on to win Co- Coach K's first national title. And since then, I've been hooked. Okay, so it was just like that game. And then that, I mean, that's wild. So like you just knew in that moment, like that's what I want to do for... Yeah, no, I did, you know, I did... Talk, I think, you know, when you're starting out in this business and you're trying to create your own space and carve out right. your own space, you're trying to take any opportunity that you can. So I had done a lot of freelance writing starting when I was 17, you know, covering recruiting, covering people like that. And I did also, you know, was fortunate enough to get a lot of good opportunities in talk radio. So, you know, I had missed on a bunch of jobs. Like I was doing reporter work at ESPN Radio in New York, but I was up for Morning Drive in Philly, didn't get it. I was up for updates on ESPN Radio in Boston, I didn't get it. I was up for a job at WGN Radio in Chicago as a reporter, I didn't get it. And while I was doing all this, I was stringing at ESPN Radio in New York, freelance covering college hoops for a bunch of different mm-hmm. publications, foxsports.com, yesnetwork.com. And then I was also working for my friend's uh, real estate company, like making cold calls and doing like mortgage and real estates. And I was also using some of the money I made to buy my own radio show. Mm-hmm. So I was doing all these different things. And then finally, I got hired full-time at ESPN Radio doing updates on the weekends. And in addition to that, MSG mm-hmm. Network needed a, uh, you know, was looking for a college basketball guy. So I started there, and I did, was there for three years, and then I went to CBS, and that evolved into, you know, some of the writing platforms, and yeah. CBS Sports Network has obviously grown, and I've, you know, been fortunate enough to do some stuff for CBS the past couple of years, so I'm very grateful. So he's he's basically just a hustler. That's that's it. He just hustles. He's always... I mean, you sound like a guy that can make some t-shirts with some trademark right. phrases, you, based uh, on what I'm Potentially hearing. down the line. You know, yeah. we're not ruling anything out, Tate. I, don't, I feel it. How does it make you feel that that was like his origin story and yours was you were just delivering posters to Bill one day? <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. That's, that's, that's a, a joke, people. Calm yeah, down. That's, that's a, a joke. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, so, so you, you, how do, how do, how do you get started in this? I think this is always fascinating to yeah. me. The, the guys like you who, who know everybody, you have everyone's number in your phone. You're always hustling. You told us today, I, sh- I should have said this at the top of the show that, um, you told us the reason we have to do it in, in your room is because you have to be on guard in case anything happens, Correct. in case the phone blows up, in case you have news to break, which I want to make it clear. There's nothing more in the world than we want that we want than for a story to break while we're recording. So, so if your phone so rings, we were willing to fake you, the you fact know, that if you Buzz got, Williams, Texas A&M happened tonight. Yeah, we like, were trying, we were trying to, we were trying to write a script and pretend like Well, that. I mean, if you were here, you know, I'd say like an hour prior, I would have been able to break like a UNLV assistant hire. Oh, okay. Which is like, um, It's single. I'm going to text, I'm going to text that mod and tell him to call you like within the next 10 minutes about where he's going next. Um, but, uh, so yeah, if your phone rings, by all means, take it. It would be great. It would be great for the podcast. But, uh, uh, how do you get started in this? This is always fascinating yeah. to me. How do how do so someone listening to this is 15 years old right now? They right. love college basketball. They say, "I want to be the next John Rosty, and I want to have all the sources." Well, but what do they do? How so, do they even start? So I get the I get the opportunity at MSG Network. And it's a huge opportunity. It's mm-hmm. a regional television network in New York. You know, the Big East was the greatest conference yeah, in college basketball East. at that time yeah. because yeah. you had Calhoun, Bayheim, Patino, Huggins, Jay Wright, everybody. Tom, you know, Tom Crean was at Marquette at the time. So I said, I got to be the go-to person in New York City media for college basketball. So I said, how am I going to do that? Well, I really got to build relationships in the Northeast that are super strong and everything with the Big East, with the Atlantic 10, with mid-majors, with the MAC, and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to be somebody in their 20s who looks to travel, who looks to take trips. All of my friends might do that and so on and so forth. Every resource I have, I'm going to put 
into traveling to AAU tournaments and things like that and being in a situation where I can network and build my network. And in addition to that, I'm going to be going to practices and watching practice and building relationships and building trust. And if I do that, you know, I'm going to be able every year to enhance my product. Now, here's another thing. When I was working at ESPN Radio, I was doing updates for Michael K, voice of the Yankees, mm-hmm. you know, does a really great guy. And one day he said to me, he said, you know what, just so you know, tomorrow, Brian Williams from NBC, who, you mm. know, at the time was the anchor for NBC Nightly News, is going to come by with his son. His son, Doug, is now an, uh, an anchor for SNY in New York. And I said, you know what, I, I'm a huge, no, I don't think really nobody knows this, but a huge, especially in the offseason, admirer of history and news and just a passionate, passionate mm. JFK fan. Mm. So, you know, I watch NBC Nightly News all the time. So I said, well, if Brian Williams is there, I'm wearing my best suit. Like, <laughs> so I'm doing updates on the radio. It's like 2009 in a suit and like, we built, you know, a little bit of a rapport back and forth. And I said to myself, you know what? If I'm in the, ever in a situation again to make a first impression, I'm going to be in a suit and tie. So at every practice I go to, if I step on a campus, I'm in a suit and tie. And so, so I, so I did that, and I said, you know what? All right, you know, I was really fortunate, you know, to get the opportunities I was getting at MSG. And then in 2010, you know, I was fortunate <laughs> enough to get on. At the time, we were CBS College Sports. We weren't what we are now. We were one day a week, and then the next year was two days a week, and we just kept growing. And I just kept saying to myself, you know what? I'm going to keep spending my own resources to travel. You know, you know, I friends of mine, like, I wasn't very, like, well-versed in, like, Delta points and hotel miles. So, like, my boy, you know, Alex, who's, like, one of my best friends, shout out ATM 86 and first, uh-huh. was in a situation where he was, like, help me, like, get create my own SB, SBG account. Like, I had no, no idea TSA about this. TSA pre-check. Life-altering. Yes. So, yes. I did all these things, and, like, you know, now all of a sudden, like, when you, you know, are doing your shows and you want to say, like, let's say, you know, you want to talk to Thad Mata, it's easier to get that person on the phone if you put in a request or if you don't have their cell number right. at the time, if you're out and you're, you know, you're networking and you build a Rolodex. So I just continued with that mantra. And obviously, the more you do it, mm-hmm. the, the and obviously, the more you're able to write and the more you're able to put news out, you know, every day you just feel like you're trying to build your brand a little bit. So where, did, where I mean, first of all, that's incredible because uh, basically the, the, the synopsis is like, just work your ass off. Just yeah, find no, your opportunity like, and work like, your ass off. There were off. no secrets but in, where does where does that come house. from? For do you my think parents, you? my parents, yeah. and and like they never gave me any, you know, they, they 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 loved me. They gave me every opportunity to have the greatest home ever. But like you know, they were not giving me things like that. Maybe that you know other parents would give. I tell the story all the time. You know, I finished school in three years because I wanted to get a head start in this business. So I remember one time it was like five weeks before I finished school. And I'm getting ready to drive to campus. I went to Ithaca College. And, nice. I, you know, it was so it was an upstate New York winter, which is probably comparable uh-huh. to, to the Midwest. And I go to start my car, and, you know, the wipers don't work. And all of a sudden, I was like, I got a problem. So I go to a garage in town, and, like, you know, all of a sudden, like, the guy's like, yeah, you know, the motor that controls your wipers when it's going to be about four or $500. I call my dad, and I tell him the story. I go, I got a problem. And he's like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm okay, but I got to tell you, you know, I got a problem. I've got $800 in my bank account, and, like, you know, there's a $500 cost of the car. He's like, well, you need the wipers to drive, right? And I go, yeah. And he goes, well, you need to drive to live, right? And he goes, do you 
see a reason why we're continuing this conversation? And I was like, yeah, but, you know, I, I'm not going to have $300 left. And, you know, mm. I'm going to have to get a ride back to campus. He's like, I'm not interested in specifics. Have somebody follow you to the garage, get a ride to campus, allocate your money and fix the problem. So then I fast forward like a year later. I'm at home. I'm working all these jobs. I'm working like four jobs. It's like April or May. And I come home. The lawnmower's out. It's like 720, like, you know me, like I've been working all day, you know, working like three or four jobs. I was like, I don't really want to cut the grass right now. He's like, all right, well, then you can't eat here anymore. Oh, man. So, like, you know, yeah. the, the the I would say this. My mother taught me always to dream big, and my father taught made, you to cut the grass. He told, <laughs> me, to, he told me to cut the grass, but yeah. I said taught me the importance of self-reliance. Right. You know, and not really waiting for somebody to give you an opportunity. Like, there, there's a lot of people out there in this world, whether it's in our business, whether it's in coaching, whether it's in any business, who have big dreams. It's not enough to dream big. Mm -hmm. You know, the world's not waiting for us to join its company. Mm. And the world's not meeting any of us halfway. Is that a tweet? Is that a new tweet? That sounds like it would be a good tweet. Should write we're that getting one deep. We're getting that deep right nice. here. I like this that is, one. Yeah, we're getting deep right I'm here. I'm learning a lot. Know, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. just keep I'm like talking. Like a TED talk. Um, who, uh, uh, so you're in the Scoops game, obviously. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we had Jeff Goodman on the podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, what was this, a couple months ago? Who, 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 who like, can you keep track uh, of time? I, yeah, I can't remember. I sense that there's a rivalry between you. Well, because you're both this, in the Scoops game. What is the Scoops game. rivalry in yeah, general? Who's, I, I, who's I, the biggest I, rival? I, I, I just think, honestly. <laughs> who's the king of the Scoops right now? I, I, yeah. just, I just think, honestly, in all, for all intents and purposes, you just get, you try to get as many as you can get. Yeah. And you kind of learn after a while that, you know, you're not going to be able to get everything. And I think what happens is everybody, you know, wants to be in a situation where you can get as much as you can, but you can't get everything. How does Woj do it in the NBA? Like, why can't you strong arm? Like, does he know where bodies are buried or stuff? Is that it? Do you just figure out where the bodies are buried? And well, there aren't owners. Yeah, there I mean, aren't you, you got to. In college basketball, it's so like true. there's 30 yeah. guys to know, and the that's 30 true. guys that's will true. tell you what's Yeah, no, I think, you know, honestly, though, you think you realize as you get older mm -hmm. and you have a little bit more perspective that if you are going to allow your life to be dictated mm -hmm. by what you do get and, you know, what you don't get, it's an empty life. So I just try to do the best I can, be diligent, work hard, and what you get, you get, and what you don't, you don't. And, you know, don't allow that, I think, to sometimes allow you, because I think I did this when I was younger, and I think two years ago I had my perspective change a bit, and I kind of said, you know what, if you, the only thing you're focusing on is who's getting what on Twitter. You're going to miss out on a lot of other things. Yeah. Do, do you think that it's lessened a bit, though, like overall? Because it felt like, at least like I would say, like 2012, 2014 range of time, there were so many people that were fighting over the scoops as if people would remember yeah. who scooped whatever well, it now, was. You now, know what, I mean? what, what we've pointed out is that now all you have to do is if you don't get the scoop, just retweet the guy who yeah, did get HT. the put who did get the scoop and put hat tip hat tip or you put as expected and you're like as mm. and you, you hint as though you already had the scoop you just didn't tweet it that's no that's i mean I, I think like like i was uh <laughs> i was trying to work on the the Kel what was going on with kelvin sampson the other day mm. i didn't get it like the guy from who covers the cougars for the houston chronicle got it what, what was going on with kelvin sampson yeah Do we know? no he was, he was working on a you know contract extension. oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah i knew that as yeah, expected, yeah, yeah. As so, expected yeah. so i just saw <laughs> yeah. i saw that the guy had the story so i just like quote tweeted and like you know put one of my one liners like the houston redemption like you know because yeah. because here because here's the thing too like in, in addition to the the information game you want to be able to provide context when you're on the air about what's going on based on what you're hearing right but you also so especially if you're doing television, especially if you're doing a podcast, especially mm -hmm. if you do things, whether it's sidelines or feature interviews, you have to keep developing, too, and, and refining your broadcasting skills. Yeah. So the world and the game of a long-term career goes well beyond just getting something to put on Twitter. Yeah.
what what do we have to do to get a scoop? How much would it if if I came to you and I was like, John, I want. Just, would you be willing to give? Yeah, us Yeah, would a you scoop? would you sell us a scoop? Some, we need some. We, we need some. We're like trying a, to build some cachet. We just want hired. one scoop. We had I we got like, the UCLA. What's going on at Lipscomb? I'll say Is there this. assistant coach on the move? There? I want to say that we're world we we are world famous for this. We got the UCLA. Steve Alford is getting fired. Scoop, and we just did nothing about it. Because I didn't trust the guy that sent it in, and then I met well, the then, guy. I mean, I mean, like here, here's the and big. Here's that's the, my big scoop that I didn't publicly. <laughs> he, 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 here's like the here's like the big thing that uh, you have to kind of like I think remember is this is like, you know, if you're not sure, you're not sure. Like you don't mm. want to be wrong. You, you don't do want to be wrong. wrong. Like, that was what I got scared. He, he someone said Steve Alford is getting fired tonight, and I started. I searched his name on Twitter. There wasn't anyone who said anything yet. I mean, did you believe in the source? I did because I know the guy. The guy was well sourced. I just didn't know if it was like he heard you a thing. Or if you don't know, you don't know. Let somebody else break it, and that, oh, and that goes man. back. But it's just like you're but so close. You you're can taste so, it. No, you're so close. But oh. you know, the worst nightmare for a reporter is to like have. You it's know, to some, say that Steve Alford to Indiana is a done deal. Yeah, that's the worst thing that could ever happen. Right? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. what's the difference between a done deal and official? So yeah, like when, done, when you say we're in the done deal world, these when days. you say I'm yeah. always very stringent in like you know what I report. Yeah. So I'm always I'm always vetting things, you know, extra yeah. for all intents and purposes, just to be a little bit more sure. But, you know, I remember once I reported something, it was a scheduling thing and like the date changed and I felt awful. Mm. Like the day, I mean, I'm just saying that's how I feel. Mm, yeah. Like it was like a home and home series and like, no, the game got moved from the 22nd to the 26th and I felt awful. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, I, I will not I will not risk anything if it's not 100 percent right. Do you uh, do you hoop? No, you don't. I don't. You, have you ever? How confident are you? Like, if we were if we were to start a pickup game with all of the college basketball media people, um, I wouldn't. I mean, I, would, my, my strengths are my vocal cords. My strengths not my jump <laughs> shot. So you would call the game. You would. Call I would the call game. the game. Yeah, I think I could do great. a really good job as your MC. Yeah, you, there you go. See, you you would be asking the coaches like, <laughs> just quite. You should be trying to get scoops for the yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm better at that. You, you'd be on the bench like tapping players on the shoulder. Are you going to transfer from this? Yeah. Game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People are out. I will say this: we were downstairs in the lobby as we were coming up, and you knew every single person that walked up. It was ridiculous. Gave, gave their background on their lives and. One of the things that I always appreciated uh, that Dean Smith always did, he would remember, he'd meet somebody, he would remember their wife, kids, yeah, whatever. Yeah, is that, is that like genuine how, or is, yeah. this, is this a trick you're doing? Did you read like how to influence people and win friends or whatever it's, that book is it, and now it, you're just it, running it goes game on back it? Because it really is impressive, especially in today's yeah. world where there's no, so it, many it, people. It goes here. back to what I said just in terms of making the right impression, you know, remembering people's names, looking them in the eye and building real, real long-lasting relationships. I yeah. mean, you have to think in this game – in what I do, and this is the way I approach it, that I want to do this job for 40 years. Mm -hmm. So if you want to do the job for 40 years, you've got to have great integrity. Right. You've got to be exceptionally professional. You've right got to be that. exceptionally diligent. Mm -hmm. And you have to act all the time like you're trying to be very thorough and very on top of what you're doing. So for me, there's two things I always remember every day. You're always your parent's son, mm -hmm. and you're always representing CBS Sports and now Sports Illustrated. So you have to conduct yourself in a manner where those places are going to be proud of you. I just I just had like a, a, a Jimmy V situation flash before my eyes where I'm like <laughs> speaking in front of a class and I'm like, you guys yeah. got to remember two things. You're always mm -hmm. your parent's son and you're always going to represent CBS Sports. And, and if I'm, you're not first, I'm up there last. to stand. That's <laughs> right. That. Uh, let's talk about the Final Four. That's yeah. why we're here. That's why we're all here. Virginia um, basketball, thing of beauty. You love Virginia <laughs> basketball. You and I, I, I feel like we bonded over this, that we, we were kind of the first – it doesn't matter if we're actually the first. We don't have to check the sources on this. We're just going to say it. Uh, we were the first national guys to stick our necks out in the midst of Virginia basketball choking, in the midst of Virginia basketball scoring 47 points a game. 
we we both were not afraid to say actually this is good basketball and I enjoy watching this. Yeah, I mean, I think people and I think people, you know, are are very guilty of it that they maybe don't watch the games and they just watch follow mm. the scores and mm. read the box scores you mean and NBA fans. When you yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when you watch and you're very very tuned in and you watch well this team doesn't turn it over. They mm. take really good shots. Nobody can score so they're playing really succinct tight team defense. Help the helpers, helper helpers. Yeah, no, just just it's amazing crazy. stuff like you have to appreciate that. So if you're a basketball purist, you appreciate that and that's why I mm-hmm. think it sets up a great contrast between Virginia and Auburn in this national semifinal right. coming up Saturday night. Yeah. I'm a as a as a guy who wants to uh, I want to see Virginia win the title because not only like as I said I enjoy their style of basketball they're very easy to cheer for too like they have great guys Tony Bennett's awesome great person um, great person but it'd be the best story too to lose to a 16 seed and then turn around the next year and almost like be down at halftime to a 16 seed yeah. and then win the national title that's a cool story but Auburn does worry me because that's always been the Achilles heel it's just like it, you, you, Virginia runs up the teams that are bombing threes and they're just like shit what do we do. Yeah, I mean, Auburn only made seven threes and found a way to beat Kentucky on Sunday. I don't think they can make only seven threes and beat Virginia. They're going to have to go over the top of the defense. But also, I think the first 48 minutes in this game are so key because, like, you can't get down against Virginia 21-8 and come back to win the game unless you're Syracuse in the 2016 Elite Eight and Bayheim throws the press on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, Bayheim! How sweet it was. Uh, I want to point out, though, that Bruce Pearl did point out to the world that he had been studying Dick Bennett, Tony Bennett's dad. He had been studying all of his tapes from back in the day. Does that really? like like Bruce Pearl if he wins a national championship and Auburn wins a national championship? We have sort of ignored them for a couple years mm-hmm. just because of this would be the, bad for the, us. Do you think that you think college basketball at large would be excited for an Auburn to win a national championship? Well, do you think people all, would even know the the whole story of the Bruce Pearl? They would just say Charles Barkley's team won the national championship. Well, I, I'm I think excited. I think it's amazing, you know, what Bruce has been able to do. And Auburn, I mean, he's a great coach. He's a great coach. Great I mean, coach. it's one of the top five hires in the last ten years, just from where he's taken Auburn basketball. And look, they in three consecutive NCAA tournament games have beaten Kansas, North Carolina, Kentucky. They were dominant against Kansas and North Carolina, and then they mm. beat Kentucky without a healthy Chumo Kiki. So the run they're on right now is an all-time run. And you know, Bruce has obviously been around a long time. They're not here for the party. No. The goal is to win a national champion. Right. That's the first time in Auburn Virginia might be here for We're the party. Worried, yeah. We're worried they're already party. Yeah, I, I'm bit. really worried about Virginia just being here for the party. Um, but I think Virginia's. Did you, would you agree that Virginia's the best team right now, though? Yes. Take a left in the tournament. Mm-hmm. I would say would Virginia's the best Virginia team. To win? Yeah. I, I think Virginia over Michigan State. Michigan State, Texas Same. Tech, to me, should be played in an octagon or a boxing <laughs> ring <laughs> more so than a basketball court. But you know, I think you know, I don't know if there's as much hype around this Final Four. You know, like there would be if you had a blue blood program or two, but I think the quality well, of basketball is going to be exceptional. Yeah, there's there's the blue blood problem, but then there's also like if, for people that are into the NBA and want to see draft guys. I mean, how many first rounders are there? There's like DeAndre Culver, Hunter, Culver, and, yeah. Ty Jerome, maybe, and then outside of that, yeah, you know, there's not there's not, not a exactly a lot of firepower in that regard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe Cassius, maybe, can, yeah, maybe, maybe, eh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. We'll see what happens. Um, uh, uh, what what coaches don't you like? Let's just get right down to it. Let's just get let's just dig right in. What who, coaches who, what co- who, who 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 would you yeah. not say good luck to before? Yeah, who do you not say good luck to? Who Bruce who, Pearl? No, it doesn't have to be coaches. <laughs> like, yeah. What about other media people? Uh just give us just give us a little just give us a little something. You give know, I'm not, I'm gonna be honest, guys. And no media beef. No, no media beef. I'm right. not I'm, I'm not saying this, you know, to, to steer away from your question or whatever, but like <laughs> I'm not a person who is overly concerned with what anybody else anybody mm. else is doing. I'm trying to run you my have own no race. Emotions. 
No, love, so no, I'm just trying to. I'm trying for me. I'm just still the same guy I mean, who was trying to get a job at it, like a right? college. Who? Uh, so, did you grow up like a Syracuse fan? Did you grow up a uh, St. John's fan? I grew up. Fan? My dad, my dad's grandmother was on. Grew up across. Was was lived across the street from Joe Lapchick. Mm-hmm. So St. John's was kind of like embedded, I'd say, in our childhood. I would say, you know, pretty early on. But I would say, you know, when you become a broadcaster and a journalist, that that kind of dissipates. Yeah. So that kind of goes away. Um, you mentioned I, I was listening to your interview with part of my take guys before we I talked yeah. to you because basically I just didn't want to repeat any of their same questions. But yeah, you brought up you, this was like a really subtle thing that you mentioned, and uh, I, it was massive news to me. But for some reason, they just let it go. Um, and then I never really saw anyone else bring it up. But uh, your girlfriend runs your Instagram, is yes, what you said. She does a lot. Um, what? <laughs> Wait, what? I, I can, can you explain to people well, how this well, happened? Well, this goes this goes to my belief of I think always exuding humility, okay, and always trying to you know be hungry and not being. I think I think my business and our business, I should say, is a business where Schadenfreude's very common. Oh and yeah, and like you know. We, you know, you asked me some Shot questions. In Freud, yeah. uh, Avenue Q, man. That's yeah, a great you, song. You asked me some questions about who don't I like or is there any rivalries or anything like that. And I, I just don't think that's a healthy way mm-hmm. to go through life. So I was never somebody who felt like I was never going to be a person who was going to tweet a picture of myself on social media and say, like, oh, thrilled to be doing sidelines at this game or a great day in the studio. So. Mm-hmm. Another My, day at the office. Right. I, I, I was never going to do that. I was going to say, like, you know what? I'm going to quote Frank Ocean, work hard in silence. Let success be your noise. So <laughs> There you go, John. So I, that was kind of always my mindset. And I didn't – I think, you know, it's – it's kind of something that's become synonymous with our generation. So Alana, my beautiful girlfriend, was just like, I think it'll help your brand if you go on Instagram. I was like, I'm not doing it. Everybody else can do it. It's not going to be me. So I got this one kind of like marketing deal or whatever. And I told her, and she's like, you know what? If you let me control your Instagram account, it'll be yeah. better for your brand. We'll get more stuff. I was like, you can do it. I don't want anything to do with it. And, and, <laughs> so, she, and she's like, all right, well, I'll do it. And, you know, I'll just clear every post with you. But I think it'll be another way yeah. for you to get out to a different audience. So she's controlling it. So the obvious follow-up, uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. We got it. We got a Scoop. text message. No, Scoop. no, no, no. no. DePaul beat USF in the SCBI final. Dude, okay. DePaul beat – you heard it here okay. first, folks. <laughs> okay. On One Shining Podcast, DePaul yeah. has won the yeah. CBI yeah. title. Um, So the obvious follow-up to what you just said is uh, – Chicago basketball, how, is it back? <laughs> no, no, not that – Uh. So how how does one date John Rothstein, a man who, as you said, you have I've had I've had a lot so much time I've had a lot of failed relationships. Okay, so I lived in New York for a long time. I had a lot of failed relationships. I once left. Yeah, I once left a girl. I didn't leave a girl. Like I got a text like that. Remember Stacy Poole at Kentucky? Like he was. I he was going to transfer from Kentucky at the time. You're building your career. It's a big story. I got like a lead on it, and I was in a movie, and I like left, and I had to go like start making calls on it. Stacy Poole brought. I, I forgot. I just remember it was a very like rocky on and off relationship. Like the next two years, it from was there. it was the dark night circa no, two thousand eight. He said, but like, here the, but, the, but the girl I was with did not like understand like what was going on. She just thinks you're leaving a mo- movie. It's like no, there's a potential for a lead on a story. Yeah. Like this is my job now. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I should not have put myself in that position to be right. in the movie, especially. To, I was like, I remember I was like looking like at the schedule, and I was like, 
well, I am dating this girl. I was like, well, Thursday night there's no games, and the only real big, big games pit DePaul. I was like, I can squeeze in a movie. <laughs> then all of a sudden you get like tipped off about a transfer. You're like, no, I've got to act on this. So I, I guess that brings the, that, that brings it up though. Uh, uh, why why in a relationship again? Like you you just said, you put yourself in this position. So how are you how are you present, preventing yourself? In this relationship, I had to be with somebody who was totally secure, totally okay. confident, totally like able to have a life of her own, and and social media savvy, and social media savvy, right. absolutely. But also be in a situation where like I kind of laid it out. Like we started dating in October. I was like, I kind of laid it out. Like, look, from October until April, yeah, like it's going to be seven days a week. Like I don't know when I'm going to be able to hang out. If you want to hang out with me, I'm probably going to be watching a game. If we go out to a bar, I'm going to need to be at a place where a TV's on. I'm not ignoring you if I look on my phone, yeah. but this is it. And she, like, you know, like I was telling you before we started taping, she's a USC grad, so she's mm-hmm. like, all right, I can deal with all that. Just after the season, every year, we've got to go for, to L.A. for a week and May to hang out with my friends. Oh, Nice. That was a trade-off. Nice. That's a pretty good deal. Pretty good nice. deal. Yeah. Go to so, uh, you, you said part of the reason you started Instagram is you're trying to help your brand. Um, I feel like we can help. I think that's uh, one thing that we can do. Uh, he's rolling his eyes. Yeah, he's rolling. He's throwing down what, the mic. So the question. <laughs> he's let, run away again. It's just let, like the movie theater. Let's help your brand this way. What? Uh, there it is. She's got. Oh, nice. We got it. You got to get a blue check mark. Do I? Yeah. yeah uh, we're verified. building. I'm not in charge. My brother run my account. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, let's help your brand this way by uh, what what's like the one thing that you would say is most normal? What is least robotic like? Like what is. What is? Do you like throwing back cold ones with the boys? Is that something? Like, I'd what, say, what is uh, something that like makes you one of the guys? Oh, oh, here we go oh, again. Here we go, Scoot. No, down. nothing, nothing, nothing. Um, oh. I would say kettle water on the rocks with three limes, or Tito's water on the rocks with three limes. Okay, so that that's your drink order. Yeah. Um, like, but but I mean, like, what's like a what's like a hobby that you do? What's a situation I, you find yourself? You, do you, do you like to go out on the boat with the boys? Do you like? No, to, I, I would say like to, I would uh, say like I'm, I'm really simple. Like I like to work out when I have time, so like okay. I'll exercise, you know, in the morning for a few hours, and then it's really just go out and hang out in New York. And I, I mean, I'm obviously you can tell from my Twitter like a big food person, so uh-huh. find new spots to hit, find new dishes to try, and that's really it's a simple life. It's pretty much exercise. And work out, college basketball, and then like so, like, so you're a pretty normal person. Like, pretty what normal. if you go to if you go to B Dubs? Let's put it this frame it this way: if you go to B Dubs, uh, what are you getting? B Dubs, yeah, at Buffalo Wild Wings. Are you aware of? Uh oh, this is not a good start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've only been like once or twice. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. I'm we more can work like, with this. Yeah, we can work with this. That was a sponsored question. Yeah, okay, was, fair thank enough. You, thank you, <laughs> Buffalo <laughs> Wild Wings. Yeah, fine. Mm, we might so edit that out. Yeah, yeah, so good. Oh man, <laughs> uh, what else we got, Tate? Uh, I do want to point out you. You one of your phrases, and I think they brought this one part of my take was the the trip to Europe. Do you wish that you had gone? You said you didn't go on trips, right? No. Do you no. wish you had gone ten days in Europe so that this little reference could work out better? No, because because to be honest with you, right now I think you know because I did what, like that. that I, nice. I think what's funny is like everybody's like, well, you got to go to Europe. If I don't go, it helps like your brand more. Mm, that is, that you know what I mean? Because like now he's never been to Europe. He's like, yeah, but you know, he has been to games at the Seagull Center. That is true. That would help your brand more. When will they recruit you to come to Europe? Europe will demand. I'll, 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 I'll get, I'll get there eventually. Like I'm, I'll get there eventually. You, I've seen pictures. How often? <laughs> how Instagram, often? Yeah. Uh, how often in real life do you use your catchphrases? Is this something that like when you're talking? I got to your in dad, trouble. I got in trouble this like, year for saying this is Marshall out in my apartment. Oh, really? Like my girlfriend was like, do you have to say it at eight o'clock in the morning? Because I just be like brushing is my teeth. Is it for you to remind you're yourself? You're like lock in, John. Yeah, it's this like, is like, Marsh. It's like the, this is Marsh. Yeah, yeah. That's that's awesome. Awesome. What about the? Uh, can can here, here, this could help your brand too? Maybe you start to get a little bad boy edge to you. I notice sometimes when something really insane happens, you'll you'll put this is asterisk 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 asterisk, asterisk March. 
Um, have you considered putting like, you know, I'm going to fill in the blanks. We're, we're allowed to cuss on our podcast. This I'm not, is freaking March. Have you, have you thought of, you know, I don't want you to say fucking March, <laughs> but like, have you thought about put saying this is put an F and then the stars? Cause no, that's a I, little I, I edgier, know. a little that's edgier to have yeah. the F with the stars. But again, that's you. That's not me. I go with the stars. You just go all I stars. I go with seven stars. Okay. Or just put a G on the end. Yeah. Yeah. Just put it, put it, do it the other way. Put <laughs> I and G, but put all stars. I'm saying I'm brand man. I try. I try not to get off kilter. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, this is it. You got anything else before we go? That's yeah, it. That's all you got. Well, I, I mean, is I'm there anything? What is else, there anything man? else we need to plug for the final four? Like, what? What is your final four? Yeah. What, what are you like? up what, to? What, what? What should we do at the final four? You said you made all these connections. Help us. Help yeah, us make yeah, connections. Us. We're trying to. We're trying to. We're, just, we're just, you, guys, you, yeah. you guys got to get out there. You got to make sure you know you network and you see people and you know you continue to line up potential future guests or you got to line up. Here's you the know, difference, though. Here's the problem. The uh, we talk a lot of shit about a lot of people. So you say you don't talk shit, really. That's like well, the my, polar my, opposite my, of what well, we well, do. My, my thing is this, though. I always tell the truth. Oh, oh that's yes. a good point. So, yeah. so like, so yes. like, I, I'm not like, I, if I say like, you know, this is a bad league or so on and so forth, or this yeah. coaching search is being handled properly. Like I'm saying, I'm always just telling the truth and that's being good, fair and objective. So if you always tell the truth. And you're always just now. Look, here's the problem. See, what a, if you don't? What if you don't always tell the truth? That, that you well, never tell well, the truth. Then, then you can just say whatever you then want. You be in left, like the other side of that. Then you could be, be in left field with a hockey stick. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 here's here's my How thing. How is that not a tweet? But here's my thing, and this is what I've learned: when you tell the truth, yeah, coaches and people are still going to get mad anyway, and people are going to say, "Well, you're being negative about my brother." It's like, no, I'm just telling the truth. So I've always kind of maintained that, like I'm, I'm always going to okay. tell the truth about everything that goes on. That's what I'm really scared. You're of. the Abraham Lincoln of this whole thing. We talk a lot. Yeah, I mean, like, like, look, I've, you know, I've said like such and such. John Rossing cannot tell a lie. No, no, it's just there's certain instances, whether it was a call that was made or you know not you going to somebody on the final couple of possessions. I've said like, you know, it's an abomination. Like, I just tell the truth. Okay, let's tell the truth about this, and this is a great opportunity. Uh, Coach K, would you say this was the, the worst job he's ever done in his career, or like the second, third worst job with this no, team? No, th- uh, should this, he be fired in your no, opinion? No, where, where do you <laughs> stand on the Coach this, K? This, this is what I'm going to say. A coach is not a greater coach or a lesser coach mm-hmm. because they win one less game or lose one mm-hmm. less game in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that we're learning is this. Experience has always trumped talent in the NCAA tournament. Now, there's a little mm-hmm. bit of a narrative out there that, well, the 2012 Kentucky team and the 2015 Duke team were one-and-done right. led teams. This is what I'll say to that. Quinn Cook. Well, let me go through it. The 2012 Duke, uh, 2012 Kentucky team. Deron Lamb, Darius Miller, Terrence Jones all played in the 2011 Final Four. Deron Lamb led them in scoring in the national title game against Kansas. Darius Miller was the SEC tournament MVP. Mm-hmm. So that was not all one mm-hmm. and done. In 2015, as Tate pointed out, Quinn Cook, Emil Jefferson, Matt Jones. Matt Jones was tied as Duke's leading scorer in the Elite Eight game against Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Mike Krzyzewski and Jeff Caprell in two separate conversations since 2015 told me that Quinn Cook was not their best player, but he was the most important mm. player. Yes. And mm. also, let's think about how big Emil Jefferson's post-defense was in that run. Right. Sweet 16, they play Utah. Who did Utah have? Jakob Pertl. Elite Eight, mm-hmm. who did they play? Gonzaga. Shema Karnowski. Championship game. Frank Kaminsky. Mm-hmm. 
So there's a, like a stigma out there, like, well, those teams were one and done heavy, but there was guys on their team where they wouldn't have won the national championship, Duke and Kentucky, without the guys we just talked about. Right. So, And if uh, they had a Mill Jefferson this year, somebody on the post so that could play defense, maybe they'd yeah. beat Michigan State. Absolutely. So it sounds to me like what you're saying is Kay failed by not <laughs> no, constructing the right well, team. Well, no, yeah, I agree. No, I agree. No, he failed. No, he failed. let me ask you this. If Keith Smart misses a shot in mm-hmm. 1987 and Jim Bingham wins a national championship 16 years earlier, mm. is he a much better coach? Hmm. Hmm. According to the public, yes. According to the public, and yes. that's the world that we live in. Exactly. No, in all seriousness, I would say the K for me, like it wasn't even the one game. It was that like, like Duke never really got better throughout the season. I kept waiting for injuries think, hurt him. I think, it, and I think, hurt him. I think experience. But here, but here's the thing too, because of the day and age we're in right now with Twitter and everybody having a forum mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Like Thad Mata, who you're obviously very close yep. with. Thad Mata has had one season in his career where he won 20 games or less, and he got fired. Preach. Preach. No, but, but think about that for a second. So it's one insane. time in Thad's career, he's won 20 or less games, and he got fired. That's insane. Yeah. Like, and- just think about that for a second. Like how, And I think this, this is one thing I've been very critical about recently. Athletic directors, just like players, just like coaches, want to climb the ladder of success. Mm-hmm. So they feel the way they do that mm. is to fire people and make hires. And what you're seeing out there is I think there's – less available candidates of quality right now because of all these firings. Like, Bryce Drew didn't deserve to be fired. Right. Marvin Menzies didn't deserve to be fired. Mike Anderson didn't deserve to be fired. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're seeing people make choices to change just for the sake of change. Mm. And then those names aren't as sexy on the free market because they've been, they've been fired. fired. So then Correct. if you're another AD at another school, you're not going to hire Marvin Menzies because it doesn't sound as good because he just Correct. got fired by UNLV. Correct. What, what are, but like Marvin Menzies, for example, like they won... 17 games, Shakur Justin, who is a first-team All-Mountain yeah. West player, doesn't play this season, and he gets fired. It's like the Kata Bates D up there. Right, no no question. But like for if, So if UNLV has Shakur Justin, they're probably a 22-23 right. win team, right. and he keeps his job. It's I was like saying the same thing with the that. Season, yeah. Yeah. I was We're, saying that about UNLV. Yeah. Um, what, are you hearing anything about that? He won't return my... So I, I threw out... I said on the podcast one time that... Uh, I said something about Thad. The last thing I tracked really closely with Thad was Georgia before yeah. Coach Crane got it. Yeah, he was interested in Georgia. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, I'm just making – because I, I said on the podcast one time that I expected him to someday take the Butler job, and it was just pure speculation. You're not the first person that, and then that people, said that. Well, everyone acted like it was, and then uh, he started getting phone calls about it, and then he called me and was like, what the hell did you do? And I was like, I'm so sorry, Coach. And then now he won't talk to me. Well, look, like from what <laughs> – <So> you know. <laughs> Look, I mean, you look at Thad's body of work. We've just talked about what he's mm-hmm. done. And, you know, he can be selective because he's been able to work for such a long time and make such a great living. You know, he can be very picky for mm-hmm. when he comes back. But obviously now living in Indianapolis, I'm sure. He's loving life. He's great. Yeah. What about what about our boy, Kevin Stallings? We're worried about him. We yeah. need to get him When's back on his feet. Job? When's he getting another job? What, what can we do to help? How can, Who should we call? Can you give us some of the ADs you got on your phone that we can call and get this man hired? I mean, he deserves well, to be back on the sideline telling kids he'll fucking kill them. That's what we need in college basketball. Coach Stallings, <laughs> you know, Coach Stallings, Coach Stallings might not have been you know the best fit at Pittsburgh, but I'll say this. Might not when, have been. When, when, he, when, he, had, when he had his... Uh, his stuff rolling at Vanderbilt. There was not a better offensive coach to watch. I love this. Look John John guy. John Jenkins, Jeffrey mm. Taylor. He Brett really Kinsley. won't say anything bad. It's great. It's so great. <laughs> I mean, Vanderbilt was that. great during those. You thought years. about politics yeah. ever? What? You thought about getting into politics? That was beautiful. I mean, we, we brought up Kevin Stallings, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, "I'll say." Wasn't this. the best fit at Pitt. <laughs> that was a nice spin zone on Kevin Stallings. That was the best answer I, I've ever I, heard. I, about you, know, you know what? I, you know what I really felt about Pittsburgh? Uh, it's whatever. I thought that that team year one. With Jamel Artis mm-hmm. and Mike Young 
and Cam Johnson yep. and Chris Jones should have went to the NCAA tournament, didn't have a point guard. Mm. They thought Damon Wilson was going to be their point guard. He wasn't good enough. They tried to play Jamel Artis there, but I thought that team was good enough to go to the NCAA tournament. Crazy thing about that team, that team beat Virginia that year in the mm-hmm. ACC. They did, yeah. And I think that they beat Florida State, too. Mm-hmm. I, got, I think I think I know they beat Virginia. I got to check on Florida State. Yeah, that was the year the ACC. Like, and, you know, I remember people were, thought it was crazy when I said this, but that was the year I thought the ACC was the deepest conference that we had ever seen in college basketball. Because you think about it, 2010, 2011 Big East, eleven teams went to the tournament. Yeah, the 14th best team in that league was NC State that year, who had a lottery pick and won a game at Duke. What 14th place team in any league has ever done that? Now, what we're seeing a lot like the Big Ten this year is, you know, when you have a league that deep, the bottom of the league eats the middle, so the league cannibalizes itself. Right. I agree. The Big Ten should get every team in. I agree. (laughs) We deserve to get every team in. One big thing, too, you got to remember as you build your career, objectivity is big. Yeah. uh, Well, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. It's overrated. Um, anything else, Tate? Are we no, good? I That's think we're it. good. Let, let uh, Rosie, we want to plug you your podcast. Out, Can you plug yeah. your podcast? College Hoops Today podcast and obviously, you know, where it works. Twitter at John Rothstein. J-O-N. Uh, is there any world in which you change your profile picture ever? You don't anything? like it? No, I didn't. I, don't, I, I love it. I'm just asking you because it feels like, I mean, you've had it for the whole run, right? Like, is there? If it ain't broke, is, don't fix it. So this is, uh, is if, have you even thought about it or did you just said it? Not until you asked me. Yeah, oh, now he's thinking about it. Now, now if he changes it, he's gonna go check with his Instagram. Well, you give yeah. us. How about this? Promises is if you ever change your profile picture, you give us the scoop, and we're gonna tweet like five minutes before you change it. Like sources say, sources say, John Rossi will be changing his profile I will text picture. You. All right, we appreciate it. Hey, when you come to LA, you have to come. Uh, come do the podcast. Yeah, that week in LA. We're gonna have, yeah, we do it. We do it. Yeah, we'll. Well, we don't want to ruin your week. No, that's the whole point. Is we pull the wool over the girlfriend's eyes. It's like. I'm coming out to LA. Psych. We're actually talking college basketball while I'm out here. I love that. We'll do we'll like, we'll like, we'll like, I love that. Where are you? Where's your studio? Uh, we're Hollywood. in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. We'll make it work. All right. Yeah. Cool, man. Great. I appreciate it. Have fun at the Final Four. Thanks, uh, guys. We sleep you. in May. Folks, as you know, we are in the heat of one of the greatest sporting events in the calendar, March Madness. And the best place to stay on top of all the NCAA tournament coverage is CBS Sports HQ. What is CBS Sports HQ? It's the free 24 hour sports network that is built for fans just like you and me. I watch it all the time, and here's why. Because you do not get any of the hot takes, the fake debates, and the politics like other sports networks. Listen, we we do that. That's what we do, Tate. We do the hot takes. We do the fake debates. We don't need that. I don't I don't want to watch that. Definitely that the politics. Yeah, yeah, that's us. That is my life. I live that. I don't want to watch it. That's why I go to CBS Sports HQ. The stuff that matters, nonstop highlights, news, and analysis, no matter when you tune in. And if you enjoy playing fantasy or placing some bets, their experts are always dishing out picks to help you win. So check out CBS Sports HQ. It's always on. And here's the best part. It is always free. No need to pay a subscription fee or have an expensive cable package. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Fire TV, Roku, or Apple TV to start watching today. All right, there it was. John Rostein, take your thoughts. I am, uh, I am floored. I am. Uh, I will say this: I walked out of that room last night, and I just said, "What a great man! What a good guy! Uh, a man that has worked so hard and diligently in the game, and uh, continues." I will to do say so. that, in all seriousness, um, no, this is all that serious. Dude's, that dude's work ethic is unbelievable. Yes, he was checking his phone the entire time. It's while incredible. We were there, he was getting text messages. He was looking over in suspense. I mean, he he was. He was worked up, and he's always working. I'm always the most fascinated by people who... He may have had a bone underneath that pillow, <laughs> right, but we're not sure. Right. We're not sure. I always, I'm always fascinated by people who live lives that I could never live, and that's that's that man. that uh, he, he 
like you know some part of you looks at that and like we're we're all in college basketball media together and you look at how hard he works and like part of me is like almost inspired like what if i worked that hard and then i realized no if i worked that hard i wouldn't be me my charm is that i don't work hard that's the that's the beauty that's, of it all <laughs> and, and it and it wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't suit us i'm know? joking calm down calm down everybody <laughs> we work um all right, so uh, yeah, thank you to John Rothstein. Uh, we are going to have him back on at some point, I'm sure, to talk about God knows what, wh whatever is going on in his life. Um, my favorite, my two favorite parts, if we can do real quickly, and then, and then we'll wrap up with some final four thoughts. Um, number one was if I, I asked him, does he hoop? And he was just like, no. And he didn't even try to, I love that. I actually do love that. that I would rather someone be honest. I would yes. rather someone be honest than him be like, yeah, you know, I play a little bit, but he actually is just complete fucking trash. Mm -hmm. He was just like, no, I don't play basketball. It's whatever. I was the and MVP I'm, on my eighth grade rec yeah, team. I'm confident like, about myself. I don't need to, you know, I'm confident what I can do. I don't need to, to play basketball. And the other part is how desperately I was trying to get him to talk about uh, something he does that's like normal that like other guys do. And I brought, and, and I was like, do you, do you like to go out on boats? Do you drink beers? Do you, what do you get at B-dubs? <laughs> he just looked at me like glazed face. Like, dude, I text SIDs. He was like, he thought that you were a robot. He was yeah. like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he's like, is that something people do? Mm -hmm. um, no, we love John though. He's, he's, he's an awesome dude. So thank you, John, for coming on. Uh, Tate, before we wrap this up, what, uh, what are our final four thoughts? What are we thinking? Let's do some, let's do some analysis. I will say this: when we got to Minnesota, I would think I was thinking uh, in the back of my mind that there would be some sort of uh, conclusion amongst the college basketball media, the people that we would be talking to, who is the favorite in the tournament. Right. And I think the interesting part to me is that no one, there is no consensus favorite. No one is saying to themselves, "Oh, Virginia's been the best team all year, and they're in the Final Four, the, the best team in the Final Four, so they, so so therefore they are the favorite." Or Michigan State has been here before. Izzo has you know, such a pedigree compared to the other coaches. So therefore they are the favorite mm -hmm. or Texas tech has possibly played the best basketball leading up to this run. So maybe they should be the favorite or Bruce Pearl and Auburn are a team of destiny. And they're the favorite. Don't sleep on Duke. They're going to find. Oh, that's way. right. That's right. It's Zion. <laughs> yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. It is uh, fascinating. Cause uh, you know, I, the, the few final fours that I've been to um, it feels like there's always one team that, is definitely the favorite. Like last year, Villanova was Villanova it. was everyone the favorite. knew that they were the. And favorite. then there's always one team that like is just happy to be here, and that was mm -hmm. Loyola last year. Mm -hmm. um, no disrespect to Loyola, but let's be honest, they they were shitting their pants that they were in the Final Four, and they're like, this is incredible, and they had no problems getting stomped by Michigan. They're like, that's okay, we we're just happy to be here. Uh, this Final Four has neither. I mean, Virginia is probably the favorite, but it's. Based on Vegas, yes. Yeah, but there are obvious reasons to to wonder about Virginia. They haven't played. They haven't been dominant this NCAA tournament. They play an interesting style of basketball anyway. To even even when they're in total control over a team, they're still only up by six. So who knows what could happen there? They're playing a team in Auburn who bombs threes um, and can get hot and could hit fifteen threes in this game. Uh, so you, you put all that together, it's like. I mean, Virginia's probably the favorite, but how much do we really trust? Like, how shocked would we be if they don't win? Not shocked at all. And then the flip side of that is Auburn's probably the least favorite and in, in, or the, the team that quote unquote should just be happy to be here. A lot of it, a lot and, of it's because of Chuma, right? Yeah. And they, and, and they're five seed and they've been not as consistent throughout the year as the other three teams. Um, and they just, they, they've wiped the floor with all the blue bloods. They just, they smoke Kansas, they smoke Carolina and they beat Kentucky to get here. Only so, making seven threes. Yeah. Only making seven threes is John brought up this uh so that makes it very interesting because uh anything uh truly can happen in this final four so. and that's the interesting part because i think as we have discussed all year we, we've been trying to find like gonzaga and virginia were the two teams all year we were, we were trying to kind of 
say that they were the two best teams, even though that we knew Duke had the most talent. And then once we got to the tournament, they would make the run. Yeah. Now we don't have Duke. And now Virginia would be de facto the one. But there's a little bit in the air where it feels like Virginia could be the happy to be here team. Dude, I know. They did the celebrations. But, I, I saw today they were playing the trombone or like playing the trumpet yeah. and doing this whole musical thing with DeAndre Hunter and Ty Jerome right, Cow so guy. I'm going to flip it though. I'm going to say, what if, what if they're just comfortable? What if that's a good thing and they're mm, just loose? They're loose. And they, the, all the pressure's off and now they can just go play basketball. Could be that. We'll have to wait till the game's played to figure out. We'll give our thoughts and predictions as soon as the game is over. As soon as the game's over, we'll be like, man, if Virginia loses, we'll be like, obviously they were just happy to be here. And if they win, they were loose. (laughs) We have to wait and see. Um, Anything else before we go? What else we got to talk about? What do we got to say to the people? We just got to say that we will be on ESPN tonight. We will be on ESPN on Sunday uh, to do the three-on-three. We will be doing the Twitter Live three-on-three Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It is in the Mall of America. It is one court. We are planning to have special guests come and sit with us. We will be in the Hooters Lounge. Last year, we were confined to a very uh, particular couch space. Apparently, we can be mobile this year. This bomb yeah. is mobile. I yeah. get that for Ross. Dude, you, sh- you really should uh, check out the – everyone listening, check out the three-on-three thing. I They're going to pay us the same no matter what. This is not in our contract that we mm-hmm. have to promote it. So I don't really – you know, I that part of it, I don't give a shit. I'm not saying this because they're telling me to. Um I thought it was really fun last year. I we signed up for it because last year we did it because they said we were going to pay you to go on TV to give college basketball players money, and I was like, "Duh, yes, done deal." I was like, "This thing's probably going to be lame, but I'm gonna I want to do that, so let's do it." We signed up for it. It was actually an awesome event. Um, I understand there's a lot of other stuff going on. Uh, there's you, you know I understand if this isn't on the forefront of your mind, but if you're at home, you got nothing to do, and you, you want to be entertained for a few minutes at a time. I I recommend the three on three thing. It is actually really really interesting and entertaining basketball because it's just really fast-paced and um I, I i genuinely do like it even if they didn't pay me to say that and i'll give you three names to care about that are going to be in this event with us number one Devonte kaycock yes number two fletcher mcgee fletcher McGee. aka fletcher magoo when he's missing shots <laughs> number three ethan happ i mean if those three names don't jump out to you and make you want to watch the three on three mm. then i don't know what i can do with you but maybe you just don't care about college the big basketball. ten won it last year uh the Big Ten this year has like like we're gonna grab every rebound, but we're mm-hmm. gonna be really slow, and not be able to shoot. Jawan Morgan, Jordan Murphy, yeah, a lot of big have. guys. Um, so yeah, check out the three on three. We'll be doing that. We're gonna be bouncing around. Uh, we don't really know what else we're gonna be up to with the podcast, but we're gonna try to get people on. Try to yeah, Robbie um, Hummel in town, hoping yeah. to get Robbie on the podcast. Greg, at some Greg's point. here. Maybe Greg Odin is in yeah. town. Yeah. A lot of coaches. Are, we're going to this mm. party tonight to see. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see who we bump into there. There's but, a chance um, I may not survive Minnesota this time around. So yeah, if I do not do a, again, we should do a we should do a podcast recap of this party tonight because we did one last year and uh, this was the this was a legendary party. Let's hope was, that Matt Farrell is there tonight. That's all yeah, I can I ask for. I understand like talking about how sweet. I don't I don't know. I understand what it's like to hear other people talking about these fun parties. I'm not saying it because I was like I had a great time. I'm saying it because like I go to these parties and all I want to do is just take a microphone because I'm like the world needs to know about what these coaches are up to at these fucking parties. It's fucking hysterical. Bob um, Huggins will be there. He will yeah. be in a jumpsuit, tracksuit, whatever kind of suit, and yeah. it'll be a good time. And That's everyone, all that we know. Everyone will be huddling around him, and he'll be telling war stories, and uh, it'll be great. So um, anyway, yeah, we're in Minnesota. We're, we're excited to, to be here. We are going to be doing pods uh, semi-regularly, um, so check all that out. But check us out on TV, please. We need it. Our, our egos need it. We need we – need, uh, a boost in ratings and then we can pretend like it's all on us. And then Dockage can take credit for it. Perfect. Yeah, and then Dockage will take credit for it. So, um, All right, we'll be back. When, when, when is the next pod we're doing? Saturday night? Saturday night. All yep. right, so we'll be back after the games are played. Um, 
yeah and and we'll, we'll be probably sunday that. morning if you're an east coaster uh, yeah i'll be editing that saturday night and then it'll go up right after sunday. the right after the games are played saturday we will be doing a podcast and we'll put it up as soon as possible um if what, you, one more thought i'm gonna pour it out right now um and you can't see this but i'm pouring one out for producer kyle because when producer kyle is not in town that means mm-hmm. that i am the producer and i am the editor and i am the engineer oh, and i am and i am everything and uh i miss you kyle and i wish you were here <laughs> And man, yeah, shout out man, Kyle. do I not like Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, uh, uh, if you're in town, come to Sneaky Pete's. We found out that Sneaky Pete's is a strip club. Is, is, is in fact a strip club. Uh, Sneaky Pete's on Sunday night. Um, so fucking funny that that's where our party's going to be. But uh, that's where it's going to be. So if you're in town in Minnesota listening, um, stop by Sneaky Pete's. On and don't Sunday bring your night. kids. And don't bring your kids. And we apologize. We did not set up this party. Someone else set it up for us. And uh, I guess that's what the sneaky part of Sneaky Pete's is. is that they, it's very they sneaky. slipped it in there. Yeah, very, very <laughs> sneaky. All right. See you guys on Saturday. All right, before we go, I want to give another shout-out to our good friends, Jesus and Mero. The brand is stronger than ever, folks. The new late-night talk show, now on Showtime, Thursdays, 11 p.m., every week, only on Showtime. Go get Showtime. Go watch Jesus and Mero. You know you want to.